Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into Power Athlete Radio. Imagine bombing down an icy track on hockey skates in minimal pads. As if this wasn't terrifying enough, there are opponents all around you trying to edge you out and take the lead. Exciting? Yes, definitely. Dangerous? Uh, no question about it. That's why the sport qualifies as extreme, and it's also why it is so damn fun to watch. Hear Jack Schramm discuss his love for the rush and the competition playing for Team USA. All the way from Bali, here it is, episode 521. Welcome to another episode of Power Athlete Radio. I'm John Wellborn, CEO of Power Athlete, and I'm joined by Mr. Chris McQuilkin. Hello. Hey. And we, we got a special guest. We do have a special guest. I enjoy the athlete podcast that we get to do. I do like the athlete podcast over the, uh, I guess you could say, those who can do, those who can't coach. So I well, no, appreciate it, talking to people that can do shit. No, it's those that can't teach and those that can't teach, coach. <laughs> uh, is that like a trainer? No, no a PE no, coach. No, uh, animals have trainers, humans have coaches. So never, uh, en- enough of this banter. This is going into strange places. Uh, dude, we have a pretty epic guest. Um, I'll, I'll tell you this. Until Tex forwarded me the links and was like, hey, check this out. I had never even dreamt of something as uh, dangerous and... <laughs> Just all out, like exciting as what we saw with, uh, yeah, little ice cross. Yeah, you're ice in, cross, Jack. You're insane. He's not insane. <laughs> it it just looks like something that your buddies are like, hey, let's find a bobsled park, let's put on some hockey skates, and let's just fucking roll. I, I have so many questions, Jacks. Why don't we? We're gonna hand it off to you to introduce yourself, and then we'll get behind the sport, and then you seeking adventure and talk some training. Right on. First off, thanks for having me, guys. And um, yeah, so uh, my name is Jack Schramm, and uh, I am an ice cross downhill athlete on Team USA. And I've been competing for about six or seven years in the sport. Uh, Before that, played ice hockey my whole life. And um, yeah, just uh, happy to, it was excited to be on the podcast and and, you know, reach a little bit bigger audience here with the with the sport and and uh, share with you guys what's going, what we got going on and some awesome clips for you guys. <laughs> if uh, if people have never heard of this sport, can you describe it and kind of give us some background on how it got started, how long it's been around, and just basically like the uh, it didn't really look like there were any rules, so <laughs> just kind of leave that part alone. <laughs> Yeah, right on. Um, Ice Cross is a four-man race downhill on ice skates. Uh, Some of the ways we describe it is like essentially uh, think of like a motocross track, except it's downhill, it's on ice skates, and you got four men racing downhill. The first two over the finish line get to advance to the next round in a bracket-style format. And um, this sport, we are 20 years young, and uh, it was – I guess uh, the history of the sport, it was invented by um, some guys in Austria um, over at over at Red Bull. And um, the story goes, there's a couple guys that were just like drunk on a, uh, um, like after the bar on, on like a hill, hill of ice and snow. And they're, they're I think they're just like vomited on their feet trying to slide down. And I think they, they just went, you know, wouldn't this be awesome if this was a, a sport? 
and uh that's kind of how it got birthed and then it eventually um it, it eventually evolved from there and uh evolved from maybe just a couple of uh races per year into a world championship tour event um, that we have every winter from December to March. So if uh, you're on Team USA, are you from the United States or where are you from originally? Um, I was actually born in Toronto, Canada, but I'm an American born abroad. And um, so, yeah, as soon as you can walk up in Canada, you pretty much, uh, they pretty much put skates on your feet. So uh, I got a uh, kind of baptism by fire into ice hockey, fell in love with that. Um, I moved uh, to the United States when I was five years old, been here ever since. But now you're based out of Bali? Yeah, yeah, more, uh, more or less. Like I've been in Bali 15 months now. And uh, it was, I was actually, I came over here. I was planning on being over here a week, maybe two weeks at the most, um, just to hang out and surf after my season ended. And then uh, COVID really started hitting. And, um, and I was kind of like, I kind of like it over here. And everyone was like, do not go to Bali. And then when I got to Bali, everyone's like, do not stay in Bali. You need to come home. And I'm like, what's it like over, over there? They're like, ah, oh, we're all kind of trapped in our apartments. It's kind of cold. And I'm like, I'm going to roll the dice here and, uh, you know, see what happens. And then, uh, a week turned into a month, turned into a year. And, um, <laughs> next thing you know, you're living in Bali. <laughs> next thing I know I'm living in Bali. Yeah. So, so, so is the plan now, uh, but how do you train? Uh, like, I mean, obviously there's no ice skating rinks or no place for you to necessarily practice. So is it like rollerblades or just fucking <laughs> down? I'm, I'm just going to jump on a big wave and try to surf my ass off and lift some weights. <laughs> well, actually there is an ice rink here in Bali. There's one ice rink and, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I didn't know there was an ice rink here until I got here and I started asking around, um, and um, I actually like let, when I came over here, I was in Europe um, for the last leg of the like European um, leg of the tour. And uh, I just left my 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 equipment in Latvia at one of uh, the guys I was competing with uh, on the Latvian team. And uh, and I was I was over here and I, was, I found out there's an ice rink. And I was like, shit, I, I went over there and checked it. out. I was like, sure, shit, there's an ice rink here. Um, and uh, they actually did it kind of smart. They put it on the second floor of an already air-conditioned um, uh, mall, so um, the ice uh, <laughs> it was real. It was real ice, and uh, I just I, I skated over here on a pair of rental skates, and I was like, I got to get my skates over here. And then I ended up um, meeting this girl from Latvia over here in Bali, and uh, she ended up, she saw me post that I was at this ice rink and she goes, Oh, that's awesome. I, I, I haven't ice skated in a while. I'd love to. And I was like, yeah, but I, I wish I had my like gear here, but it's still like in your country in Latvia. And she was like, Oh, well I have a, uh, I've got a friend that's like coming over um, to Bali, like in a couple of weeks, maybe he can bring your equipment for you. And I was like, what? And so like my, my equipment ma pretty much magically just like appeared here in Bali. Like, um, when I came, so I've had it and I've been able to train on the ice here. And, um, we also do a lot of, um, a lot of the summer training is on rollerblades uh, at skate parks, um, to simulate, um, transitions and jumps, air control and all that. So 
I think that that's uh, that's kind of been the recipe for most of the guys is training on rollerblades at skate parks during the summer and then playing as much ice hockey and just being on the ice as much as possible as well. I've, I've seen text rollerblading at Zilpner Park. That's right. But yeah. we're we're flat, we're level, yeah. and I'm part of this little rollerblade <laughs> gang. Isn't that when you macromade some jean shorts and we're kind of skating around? We all do that. Uh, it's a uh, team. It's a gang, a uh, little rollerblade gang. Yeah, with macrame jean shorts. <laughs> well, we got rival bike bicycle gangs. <laughs> But, dude, how do you simulate contact? Do you actually get in some, some mock hockey, some intramurals, or is that just trial by fire once you get back to trial runs? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, this is something that, uh, that there, there isn't, you can't really um, simulate is the, you know, the, I, I, really, I really like the, the, uh, saying if you ain't rubbing your you ain't racing yeah and so yeah. rubbing's racing uh from, yeah, days, from days and thunder is that okay yeah. um yeah so like um so yeah if you're not if you're not training with guys and simulating like tracks and simulating the racing it's kind of kind of hard to do that i mean i mean like we all play ice hockey and stuff like that in like men's leagues and or whatever and you know there's there's like kind of minor contact there and um, there's, I, I think it's a, mis, a misconception in our sport that um, that we're allowed to make contact. Incidental contact is okay, but going out of your way to um, check someone is, uh, is, you can get disqualified for for that race, and then um, your night or weekend's over. Uh, but it's also not advantageous for you to make contact with another rider because when you make contact with the other rider, it, it slows the two of you down and the other two have the opportunity to pass. So, um, so yeah, that's that. But I mean, there's some, there's also some, um, really great training facilities that I like to, um, train at, uh, before my season starts. My favorite, my favorite one is in, uh, San Diego at this place called Claremont skate park. They actually modeled this, this, uh, this track or these ramps out, out um, off of, um, our sport. And uh, they can just call it, they call it a skater cross track. And um, it's got like a, you know, it's just, it's got a, a pretty much an entire track um, with a drop uh, turns and uh, like pretty, pretty big, like I think uh, 15 foot gaps and stuff like that on some of the jumps. So. Damn. Is, um, <laughs> so, so like what, what's the longevity factor? Uh, like, you know, like you get into it fairly young, um, are guys like kind of washed out in their twenties? I mean, is it like uh, you have a very small window, or is it the fact that uh, you know the older you get, the more technical you get, and the better you are at it? Um, you know, actually, the uh, the average age is is pretty. Uh, actually, the one, one of the guys um, did this for all, for all for the men and the women and the juniors for the average age, and the average age is. Uh, lot older than you think but um we have we have different divisions we have a we have a junior division which is up until i think you're i think it's 20 years old or maybe even 21 and then uh and then yeah i mean it, it just i guess it just depends i mean i'm 34 years old and i get um i get stronger and faster every year and everyone's like oh you're still racing so, so like why would i quit if, if i'm still um getting uh, getting better every year 
Um, but yeah, I mean, the more you do it, the more efficient you get. And, um, yeah, the actually, you know, the low, the kind of, you know, the better you are at it, the less risky it is obviously. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, for the survival of the sport, we're trying to get, you know, as many people as involved as young as we can. We do this thing called kids cross, um, for every, uh, at every race where we try to get just like um, a, a, any age of kids that go down the track and get, kind of get some um, get get uh, get experience on the track. But um, yeah, it's like it's it's you know it's uh, if guys are still playing hockey, it's kind of a tough sell. But like we've we've talked to like hockey players and then guys that have had some success on the track like hey you know do you want to compete this winter and they're like my coach is not going to let me like compete like they're they're uh, you know it's it's the same it's the same season as uh ice hockey so um you know kind of kind of dealing dealing with that but um yeah it's just kind of all over the board you know there's there's guys older than me there's guys younger than me and um and uh yeah i think you know like i said we're the sports 20 years young we're still in our infancy stage and i think um you know we're just trying to still you know find our groove as a sport and still kind of you know guys you guys are kind of c- coming in at all different kinds of ages and uh and having success and peaking at different ages for for sure and uh it's um so we're just discovering things as we go so as the season starts and you said it follows the hockey season is there like a series of tracks set up? Um, I mean, United States, Europe, Canada, wherever. Like, how does the flow necessarily the season? And then is it like a uh, a race a week, two a week? How does that all flow? Man, the, it's kind of all over the board. Um, we we usually don't get the schedule as early as we'd like to. It always comes out in the late fall, and um, and then it uh, it all of the all the races are international and this there's always we're kind of at the mercy of like um wherever the event scheduled and also weather so um i mean some of these some of these tracks are in like uh places that maybe only have uh windows for uh to have us or host us during these dates um for example like fenway park and and uh and then you know we uh, race in japan in um in the Yokohama Harbor and things like that. And, um, yeah, it just depends. I mean, some seasons we've got a race every weekend and we're traveling like back and forth from Europe to the, to North America, to Asia, back to, to, to North America, like every week. Uh, sometimes it gets pretty exhausting and like, and navigating a jet lag gets pretty tough. <laughs> when did Red Bull pick up the sport? and bring it into its its fold um red bull more or less invented the sport uh, about 20 years ago and um yeah they've just been um just been developing uh the sport over the years you know every year and uh been getting more and more races and um really been instrumental in um helping us um you know, really make this sport a legitimate sport and get it ready, um, for, to approach, um, you know, the, uh, Olympics to try to get it as an Olympic, uh, winter Olympic sport. 
and all that. So, um, yeah. Is, uh, it, so Red Bull owns it and then there's what sponsors. So you guys, uh, win purses or, uh, there's some prize money for every race. So yeah, historically, um, the birth of the birth of the sport and the birth of the, the, the league is was essentially called Red Bull Crash Dice. And um, about two years ago, we ended up they ended up changing the name to a more appropriate name, Red Bull Ice Cross. And um, sorry, what was the rest of the question? <laughs> oh no, I'm just curious about sponsorship, uh, like how it works. I mean, are there sponsors? Is Red Bull the major sponsor? And then is there some form of prize money or purses or how does that all work? Yeah, yeah. So I uh, have yeah, Red Bull more or less like owns it, and then um, yeah, they. I mean, they, they they've got a network that you know gets sponsors for the events to help put on the events and stuff like that. And then uh, and then yeah, then they we um, we have prize money for all the races. The better you do in the races, the more um, prize money you get. And um, there's also some other stuff that comes with it. You know, the better you do. Um, and the more, the more, per, you know, more, more perks you're going to get in a sense. Sweet. It's like, like many Red Bull fridges in your house. I mean, how much red, <laughs> like cases of Red Bull? Yeah. How much Red Bull do you consume, Jack? Well, I was going to say they probably have Red Bull as a currency in Bali. You can probably <laughs> trade like 12 Red Bulls for, for a surfboard and. Or rent. Or <laughs> I just pay for my rent in Red Bulls. I think I think they did that one time. They had this like challenge where where they took like all all of these kids' money and they they gave them a bunch of Red Bull and they made them travel like the world using only Red Bull as currency or something like that. But um, I'm de- I'm definitely I'm definitely not the uh, not the biggest consumer of um, Red Bull. I think if um, if I had to guess, it's usually the, the Finnish guys on tour that are drinking the most for some reason the Finns just like love this thing i remember one time uh, the swedes uh anybody in northern europe like if you go to uh, copenhagen sweden any of those countries fucking red bull i can't drink red bull oh, vodka or jaeger bombs <laughs> yeah jack you're about to drop a story of uh finn on red bull oh yeah, there's just uh, one of my buddies uh, that one of, on Team Finland. His name's Antti Tol- Tolvanen, and yeah, I remember like one of the first years. Uh, this guy uh, picked me up from the airport. I had to be picked up, and like I opened the, uh, I, I opened the 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 back door of his rental car to like put my stuff in, and there must have there must have been like at least like two cases of like empty Red Bull cans in his back, and I'm just like, and I'm just like. <laughs> I was like, I look at him. I'm like, dude, like, uh, how long have you had this rental car for? And like, he's just like, he's just been crushing like Red Bulls and like throwing them in the back. Uh, so he had like tons of empty Red Bull cans and like empty boxes of raisins. I don't, I don't really know what the raisins were for, but, um, (laughs) seems like, uh, I don't know if I'm getting in a car. It's got a bunch of crushed Red Bull cans and a whole bunch of raisins. I'm like, this is going to get weird. I don't know if I'm getting in this one. You're getting in. Yeah. This is going to be a great time. Uh, I just pulled up. Red Bull's list of extreme sports. This is pretty obscure. Uh, dude, uh, the one that I like, or there's two that I like. It's one, it's the one that you have to run up the downhill. Um, it's like the, uh, the sprint uphill, like the, um, like the downhill mountain. I think it's in Switzerland. So they have a deal where like, you know, like normally like the, uh, the, the skiers that go for distance, like the oh, Eddie, yeah, Eddie yeah. the Eagle. 
in the summer they have a race where you run up it <laughs> fall and, down. and then they have another one where you run down like a steep grassy hill <laughs> and try to keep your balance and, yeah and these dudes just fucking get like oh. absolute yard sale like just fucking exploding on this thing yeah here's some here's some examples they provide volcano boarding basically sitting on your butt and you ride a board down a volcano hill uh they ha- have it in nicaragua then next up <laughs> these are ranked in like the most extreme number two crocodile bungee what <laughs> yeah okay so so they have like a pool of crocodiles and you bungee and have to get like some of your body in the water uh yeah so imagine like a james bond film where you got all these crocs in the bottom and then you bungee down close to the crocs and then they can jump up and get you at the bottom of the bungee cord <laughs> Fucking Holy oh jesus what yeah. country is that in <laughs> uh, uh that would be in zambezi river in africa oh yeah that makes sense <laughs> Oh, uh, man. If it was hippos, I'd be nervous. Crocodiles, hippos kill more people than crocodiles. So, what? Yeah, the uh, uh, hippos kill more people in Africa than any other animal. I did not know that. Hippos are <laughs> are are fucking mean, and they can like, and they're they're massive. They're the size of a car. I and they attack people. Yeah, no, yeah, emphasize. No. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, no, uh, hippos are fucking nasty. Well, the next up, and this may be your next sport, Jack, limbo skating. So on roller skates, <laughs> but you limbo. We don't know how flexible Jack is. <laughs> I, you're right. I don't know. That's definitely uh, uh, my flexibility is not my forte. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> he doesn't, needs iron flex. He doesn't seem like a supple leopard. <laughs> Level 99 supple, supple leopard. All right. Well, you, that, you know, uh, I think Will Ferrell is one of the only ones that ever oh, reached level ninety nine. An SNL skit. Yeah, level ninety nine <laughs> supple leopard. Uh, are you familiar with Kelly Starrett and mobility? The big mobility. The mobility guys? wad. Yeah. 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 The well, re- it's called the Ready State now. They don't sorry. wad anymore. Well, he he yeah, knew it. He's he coming it. on the pod. Um, next up, this is insane. Wing walking. So you're on a a propellered airplane. Like one of those old ones, think World War II mm. style, yeah. with the double stacked levels of wings. Yeah, they're called biplanes. Biplanes, and then you walk along the wings. I don't know. So Sounds th- badass. I'll try yeah. it. <laughs> Where I'm is uh, uh, like Ice Cross in this? Uh, we're getting there, dude. It's down at the bottom of the list. This is the list of most extremes. So And Ice Cro- Cross is, is it's pretty weak, dude. For but, uh, then air <laughs> kicking. Air kicking, unusual. It's a human catapult. So this is in water. They shoot you into water. You just line up in the catapult. It's like a human cannonball, but a catapult. I guess you do flips and YOLO and yell stupid stuff while you're flying in the air. Mm. Maybe it's for distance. I don't know. Nobody knows. Just more Red Bull. And then mountain unicycling. So downhill, like mountain biking, (laughs) but on a unicycle. (laughs) Anything on any anything on a unicycle is just dangerous. (laughs) Have you you ever seen people that are really good on unicycles? I've seen people literally ride them to the point where I was like, I can't believe this dude's riding this thing. This is easy. Uh, The only thing I know is you can't get a DUI on a unicycle, but you can get it on a bike because it's got to be two wheels. Wow. That's, so that's do you think that, 
you know, now I feel like we got to find somebody that unicycles and get them drunk to see if they can actually handle it. I bet they can. Totally. Yeah. They just can't, maybe can't do as many tricks. Uh, power balking. I'm not sure what this is. Uh, imagine you remember that sprinter from South Africa with the metal legs. Yeah. Yeah. The guy that killed his girlfriend. Yeah. But it, these people are able bodied. So they're full body, but then they have those legs and then you race with those. Hmm. So that's called power balking. Shit. I don't know. And uh, extreme dinghy racing. Dinghy racing. Something delightfully trashy about extreme dinghy. It's like a swampy budget and extreme jet boating. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is based, sure. yeah, based in South Australia. Mm. So you're racing dinghies, like little Tommy boy boats. Uh, there was a dude years ago that followed CrossFit football that, um, was a ski boater. And so, uh, like I was thinking like ski, surf skis, you know, like kind of like big, like uh, Doyle's, they used to call them surfboards. And then the guy sent me video and it was more like a wooden boat with like eight dudes in it with oars. And they were surfing these fucking waves in a race. It was by far, I'm like, first of all, this is a sport. And how the fuck, like, it, it blew my mind to see this video. And uh, at that point, I was like, all right. And then the guy was like, oh, I love your training. It gets us in shape for this. I'm like, what, not dying? Yeah. Pretty much. Basically. Uh, then highlining. It is uh, balance. You know this thing. They, people do it in parks. You know, you set up a, oh, a, a um, balance. Slack line. Slack line. Slack line. But it's really high. Like between two buildings of the Grand Canyon? Uh, the, well, the, the video here they have between mountains, uh, and then it's it's all style points. Michael Jackson-esque moonwalks, mm. uh, throwing and catching frisbees. So this is all written in the description. Uh, where to do it? Italy mm. is where they list. How does Red Bull come up with all this stuff? And, and then more number 10. Do, do they really sell that many Red Bulls that they can just have ridiculous amounts of sports? It's all social media. And number 10, Ice Cross. Mm. You guys, you guys are the tenth most extreme sport Red Bull has. We made the list. <laughs> uh, like uh, for uniforms, you guys wearing like standard hockey attire, or can you go like uh, Road Warrior and have spikes? Oh damn! Because that's what I was thinking. Like WWE style, like like, like not what, real spikes. Like no, but like what if you could have spikes or like metal gloves or you know like knights like body armor? Well, for show. Yeah, yeah, just to go faster. <laughs> so. Just to go off. Oh, no, it might, sounds like it might create a little bit more drag, wind drag. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I mean, but are, are you guys in hockey attire or like what do you guys, or are you guys stripped down and like, hey, I'm, I'm going for speed and if I fall, I fall? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's more or less like um, in full hockey gear, but uh, guys have realized that, uh, you know, the less pads you wear, the less drag you're going to have. So there's always a trade-off and the more mobility you're going to have. So there's always a trade-off between protection and mobility and, uh, and speed. And, um, yeah, it's just, I think every, everyone's just always flirting with like how, how much like pads they can take off, um, without crossing that line too much. Cause when you cross the line, you know, it, you feel it pretty quick. I've, I've seen, we've seen guys that guys that, you know, maybe you might show up with like usual hockey pads and then the next season or maybe a couple of races later, they've got the, 
you know, the more of like a motocross pads and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, like I, I, uh, you know, I've had, I've had a couple moments where like the pads that I was wearing just weren't working. Um, I had some just hockey shin guards and landed on my knee and the, the shin guard completely like exploded. And I was like, I need, I think, I think I need to rethink this one, but, um, yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, it, you know, the, uh, you know, uh, bring, so bringing in like, uh, motocross pads and, um, and just like guys getting like pretty creative with pads, like in, in, <laughs> in the locker room, you just see guys with duct tape and like couch cushions and stuff like that. Just trying to, just trying to find like the best balance between, um, you know, being able to move, move, move quickly and also protect from that fall that you don't see coming. Uh, how long are the races? Like, I mean, what's the length of the track or, or is it all varying distances? Um, all varying distances, um, on average, they're around 400 meters in length and, uh, will take around 40 seconds, um, to get down. Any, any style points with your jumps? Anybody try to flirt with a flip in there or are, show are there style points? I thought it was just survival of the fittest. I'm asking. So, yeah, I mean, well, not there's we have a freestyle, um, we have a freestyle um, competition now. They used to have they used to have just the single races, and then we used to have a team race where it was like three on three, the first two over the finish line, um, get advanced to the next round um, for, for the team. So there there would be like six guys on the track going down at one time. That was always fun. But then they got rid of the team race and brought in a freestyle race. Or sorry, a freestyle uh, event, kind of like a slope style, and um, so they usually do that on like the Friday night, and um, and uh, yeah, there's some guys uh, are pulling off some pretty crazy stuff. You got some guys coming in from like Cirque du Soleil and stuff like that, doing some really crazy stuff on skates, um, crazy backflips and and other stuff. Do you get the fans involved? Like, do they have, like, before you guys go down, you send the fans down on, like, pool toys? Like, they get to ride, <laughs> like, a, you know, like a unicorn pool toy. You get to ride it down and just fucking implode. That's what I'd want to well, see. Well, at the, actually, at the end of the race, when the race is over, um, the, uh, there's definitely, like, guys that have uh, been doing some crazy stuff like that, like uh, some of the guys that worked on the track. And um, they definitely have, like, uh, during our races, we have um, – kind of some like halftime events and stuff like that where guys go down in full goalie gear. Um, we've got, uh, yeah, we have guys like going down in like mass in like big mascot outfits and stuff like that. And uh, also they, they have some uh, previously I've had some other, the other like red, red bull athletes that ride BMX mountain biking and, um, and, uh, and motocross come on the come on the track with uh they usually put like spike tires on them so they can grip the ice and then they'll go up and up and down sometimes on the uh on the track and that, that's pretty cool to see Damn. on remember- a skateboard too guys oh, they, wow. they, they, they they in uh i remember st paul one year they had um they had this skateboard they fashioned and, and where the uh, wheels are they had these like uh these small um blades and they had this guy go down in the entire track and do some uh do some tricks on this skateboard that was basically had had like blades on it it was pretty wild yeah i don't think anything could wrong could go with that 
I mean, nice. what's the worst that could happen? Wear some knee pads. Yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, actually, what they 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 made the guy did, which was I don't know, I thought it was kind of ridiculous, but they were like, well, what if this like, what if this guy like slips or something like that, and then the um, the skateboard goes over the boards in, into the fans and like like slices a fan or something like that. So they didn't want this like rogue like skateboard to like get like get rocketed off off the uh the um the track so they made they tied um a string to the guy's like heel and um like a leash like a surf leash on the on the board and then made him go down like that (laughs) i mean that makes sense in the old f1 and nascar days Dude, like they, part of the the uh, thrill of going as an attendee was you could die dude people still lose tires even though they have cages up and stuff. I mean, that stuff goes over. And I mean, you think about the F1 or the rally races. Like, they, it always trips me out whenever you see any of the rally racing in Europe. Like, the fans are literally right on the fucking track, and these dudes are doing like, you know, like a 100 mile an hour four wheel slide. I'm just thinking, like, oh my God, like these people death wish. Yeah. That's <laughs> why they go. Yeah. I mean, even <laughs> America, we're weak. Like, I went to yeah. a baseball game, I was sitting on the front, yeah, the, the yeah, first baseline. All nets, so no more. Oh, you can't grab them. Uh, I mean, if they go up, well, it's and because over. people are texting. Like, I love the pictures of like the oh people God. at the game texting, and the ball just like destroys them. You're like, well, don't don't text during the well, game. Well, yeah, yeah. Pay uh, attention. What uh, any major injuries for you? Uh, yeah, I um, the, probably the biggest one I had was I broke my back in a race in Canada one year. Like a vertebrae, like 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 broke it, like uh, paralyzed, or just kind of fracture. No, no, it was just a fracture. Like I broke a piece off of the vertebrae. Um, so yeah, I was uh, I was coming down like um, I was battling for this one guy for the second spot, and um, we were coming around a turn, and I ended up sliding out, and the turn was supposed to go. This was I was really, it was it was a left turn into a right turn, and the right turn was down. Um, into a, basically another part of the track, but um, I went down on, on the the left turn, and um, I ended up getting like launched over the um, launched over the um, the fence um, that I was supposed to catch people that, that didn't make this turn, and I get launched over this thing, and I'm, I'm getting and uh, I'm basically doing a front flip over like over, and I'm trying to grab at the net in the fence below me um so that i didn't get launched over basically what i did get launched over is like a a 10 foot drop so like i'm like in the air i remember trying to grab at this fence and like all i can hear is the uh i can hear the the crowd and the crowd's going and like i'm in in the air and i'm like oh fuck and it was just one of those (laughs) ones like i knew i was going down hard and i basically went from a um probably like a 10 foot drop landed on my back and um yeah it rocked me and i came i i and um came to a came to a stop after i hit the hit the boards and the medics jumped right on the ice and stuff like that and rushed over to me and they're like don't move don't move and i like i pushed them off off me because i wanted to finish the race so um, I pushed them off me, and then I, I, I finished the race. And I, don't know, I just remember like people coming up to me, like, "Yo, are you okay? That was crazy." And I was just kind of a little out of it, but um, I was like, "Whatever." Uh, and uh, I ended up 
going out that night and uh, my friend my buddies convinced me to just go to go to the after party so we went out partying like all night and um <laughs> lots of, of ribbles yeah and um yeah it was it, like i it hurt but like i i didn't really realize like what had happened and then the next day when i woke up in the morning i couldn't feel my fingers and toes and i was like oh shit like something's <laughs> not right <laughs> um and uh so yeah i i just like uh i called my one buddy up and i'm like yo listen like um we were in Montreal at the time. I was like, I was like, I, I something think something's wrong with my back. I don't have, I don't have insurance up here. You gotta like just drive me over the border and drop me off at the nearest, uh, the <laughs> drop me off at the, the nearest uh, ER. So they drove drove me over the border and dropped dropped me off at at the ER. And uh, my mom, my mom was over in Jersey. She drove up and to get me. And then the guy, um, the uh, the they gave me like x-rays or whatever and they were about to release me and the guy um i don't think they saw it or something on the thing and the guy's like well let me just check you out one more time before you leave and then he like realized that like oh shit something's wrong but and then i got i think i got transferred to a different hospital and they did the did some more tests and found out that i had broken a, a vertebrae um but he, he said it was the best break that i could have had and um yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it was. I guess I was lucky, and um, yeah, it was just pretty much standard, like six to eight week recovery time. I just had to um, just walk around with one of those old old person walkers with the tennis balls on the bottom for a couple of weeks and <laughs> get nursed back to health. But yeah, that was uh, that was probably the worst one um, that uh, that I've gotten while racing. Um, anybody die? Uh, any deaths? And anything gnarly ever happened to anybody within the last twenty years? Um, no deaths. Knock on wood. Thank God. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I've seen I've seen some I've seen some wild stuff, and uh, yeah, there's there's some people that get really pushed to their limits on at some of these races, and I've seen. Yeah, just some like really, really heavy injuries and um, like you name it, like like I've seen it, like broken bones. Some guys getting sliced with their with the uh, with skates and stuff like that, pretty deep. And um, people, I we just actually posted a video on uh, on the well, uh, me and a bunch of the guys are collaborating on a. Uh, um, uh, this this uh, Instagram page called Ice Cross TV, and it's just basically all the all the like behind the scenes and 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 uh, footage that like Red Bull and stuff can't really post. And there's this one, there's this, there's <laughs> can't this, or this, won't can't Both. won't you'll never yeah. see it. It's just like all the stuff that doesn't get the eyes and the ears that it needs to. Um, just like so, yeah. We just posted this one video, and um, it was these uh, we we're in um in austria for this race and this uh one of the guys from the russian team went down and just took like a fucking horrible spill and like he had a he had the hockey cage on and like his hockey cage is covered with uh covered with snow like like a like like straight up like waffle iron status and um he he popped his shoulder out of his socket Ooh. and his other and, and his other buddy from from his team is popping it back in his socket just right next to the track 
so that he can go up and take another run down the track. So this is like this is like stuff that is pretty common. You see, um, I had a, I had one buddy who popped his shoulder out three times in in the same race, um, and uh, and uh, yeah, we've seen just like people get people get pulled off in um, stretchers, been wheeled out in wheelchairs. They got the they got this thing called the we call it the cherry picker. And it's just basically a big crane. If you get hurt on the ice and like so bad that they can't that they, they can't even take off, you just like comes on like it's a crane it's like uh, you, t- t- it's like when you go to the arcades and they have that thing that drops and you get the toys and it's like <laughs> the it, claw. It, it, yeah the claw it might drop you you might get it yeah that's awesome yeah 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 so yeah you see see just like a lot a lot of the dip broken bones broken um, you know a lot of just like torn torn everything and. It's just, yeah, you'll see a guy at, at you know, on the, um, you know, at one of the races and then you won't see him at the next one. And you're like, oh, what happened to him? They're like, oh, he's fucking, he's out for the season, blah, blah, blah. Oh, like wow. sh- shoulder surgery and concussions and people getting knocked unconscious and all kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> so, so since you're in Bali, I mean, obviously you said they have a nice skating rink, but what does your training look like? I mean, is it ground-based? Is it surfing? Like, I'm just wondering... Uh, you know, cause I, I would think probably surfing some big waves would probably be a great, uh, kind of cross training balance, agility, you know, get smashed and get pulled underneath and have to hold your breath. I mean, that's gotta be a pretty good carryover. Um, you know, what I really like about surfing in the off season is actually it, um, it really helps balance out my body and cause it's all of the opposite uh, it works all the opposite muscles that I'm not working just as a hockey player or a skater. Um, so I mean, I'm in because I mean that I'm in you know spinal flexion a lot when I'm skating, and so this is a lot of spinal extension and also internal rotation of the hips that you have to have um, when surfing. You got to keep your legs together. Um, and when I'm skating, I have a lot of um, you know just a lot of external rotation um for the hockey stride um so that's that that's why i i I like that i mean i don't i don't know like how much else it it benefits me i mean definitely like the balance and stuff like that um of surfing and um but uh a lot of my training i really like um doing weight training and um power and speed training and all that and uh but um actually this this past summer um i kind of switched it up i joined this gym over here called nirvana strength and um it really had kind of been the missing link to my athleticism is like um a lot of this uh the stuff we do at the gymnastic strength gym is um really challenging my end ranges and um and just make you know making uh my joint making my joints and uh my body just um, working on just moving my body instead of just moving weights. Um, but um, previously, like uh, what I'm, I'm actually going back um, back home on July 13th, and I'm going to be linking back up with um, with my uh, my my coaches over there. I'm over there. I'm training at um, DeFranco's gym. Um, and we, I mean, we, it, a lot of that is focused on just like sports performance and things like that. And I also have a, have a skating coach over there. Um, so, I mean, usually during the, usually in the off season, 
um, at the beginning of the off seasons, I'm hitting a, I'm doing a lot of, um, a lot of like heavy, heavier weight, weight training, and then more, you know, towards the season, more sports specific stuff and working more on power and speed. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm always like really open-minded and I'm always trying to, you know, um, trying to experiment and find out, um, you know, different ways to really improve my, um, performance. And, uh, a lot of that for me now is just, um, really focusing on like my weaknesses and stuff like that. Cause I can really get, I can really get caught up in, um, just going to the gym and doing exercises that I like and avoiding, like uh, avoiding the stuff that I really need to. But I, I've been, uh, been following you guys over at, uh, over at your gym over there on, uh, on Instagram and stuff like that. I like, uh, I like seeing a lot of what you guys do over there. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. We're having fun finding similar perspective and finding things people can't do and then empowering them to do it. Cause that costs them on the field or the court Sure. and the rink, the racetrack. Oh, I think it's the track, the ice track. I think it'd be funny if they did like a little mixed modal, like he's on skates and the dude's on a motorcycle. <laughs> and what do they race? And maybe a skateboard. And then you get like all three and they get to go down and see who wins. Well, the motorcycle's got to win, yeah, right? Yeah, but, but you, what if you govern it? Uh, they can only go to a certain speed. Or if you put him on on those skis, like on James Bond movies. You ever seen those? Like in the James Bond movies where they're always on, uh, they're on a motorcycle one? like on, in the snow. No, and they always have a front specific. ski. Man, there's probably endless amounts of cool shit they can do. They could probably know. put explosives. Well, fucking, look at Red Bull. That was just the top 10. <laughs> this whole website, it's like 50 different unique sports. Uh, by far the craziest one uh, is the squirrel suiting. Is a guy like, you oh, know, like Andy wow. Stump, like where they jump off. Yeah. And those guys like have those squirrel suits, so they jump off like base dive. And then all of a sudden they like catch air. And then they start like flying those canyons. Like every time yeah, I look at that, I'm like, uh, uh, like they have like a life expectancy of like a bug hitting a windshield. I mean, it's... it's God. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's, it's just... It's just because they keep pushing their limits. You gotta—they're always trying to find that stoke, you know. Dude. But it's like they—they they didn't go close enough the last time, so they gotta get closer this time. And and do that's you it goes. can you relate in that that seek the thrill and the adrenaline rush, or is it all about the sport, the team, the camaraderie for you? No, I mean this is this is what why extreme sports are so exhilarating and also so addictive at the same time is because um i mean it's you're just you're 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 never gonna stop pushing your limit and your limit is just gonna keep moving as as you you know progress and um and yeah it just uh you find out pretty quick you know if you push it if you push it too far um, cause I mean like everyone, everyone like looks, everyone like looks at like our sport and go like, Oh, that's so crazy. And it doesn't really seem that crazy to me because I've done a lot of the work that, li- um, that reduces the risk of the sport, um, through practice. But, um, it just like, we, we always, we always say in our sport, it's like anyone can generate speed on this track, right? It's a, it's a, it's a track of ice. Like anyone can generate speed. It's the guy that can control his speed who's going to win the race. And um, and learning how to control that speed is just constantly being able to like push your push your limit and stuff like that. And the and 
for me, like, for me, the, cra- the crazier that they can make the track, the better. It's because, like, I, <laughs> like, if my life is in danger, that's when I'm having the most fun. And, um, <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah, when, when you get, you know, when you start competing with um, these guys and the best in the world, um, you know, this is the kind of level that that you want it at too. You want it kind of um, to a point where it's really going to se- separate the um, separate separate the guys. Because if you have an easier track and stuff like that, I don't know. It's just not as exhilarating, and it also kind of levels the, the the playing field for for like all the guys. But um, but yeah, we've had some. We've definitely had some tracks where like I've even seen like some of the veterans and some of the best guys on tour uh, shaking. Um, one of them in particular was in Marseille, France. And uh, we roll. I remember when we got there. There's two. There's basically two features on the track that everyone was like, "Yo, like what the fuck?" And like, <laughs> and like, um, I don't know if I don't know if if they didn't calculate the the like the guy who built it didn't calculate it right or something like that. But like, all right, the first feature was the drop right off of the. Um, right off of the starting gate and like everyone rolled up and is like there's there's like literally it was it was a drop that was so steep and it didn't have much of a and then we were right into like um a step up and it was just like is the drop was like so steep going down that everyone was like there's no way in hell that any we're going to be able to transition off this without breaking our ankles or our neck so they're like so they're like all right well we're going to just send, send down one of the guys to go down on it, to do a test run. And like, so like, so like all the, all, you know, everyone that's competing is like watching like this one guy suit up and, um, and then he gets up there, drops in. And I think he ended up like breaking his ankle, like off the first drop. And so they're like, so Nope, like, we're not doing that one. Yeah. So they're like, Oh shit. Like now, now we have to do, do something like the race is in supposed to be in like, you know, tw- like 20 hours. And so they ended up having to get all this artificial ice and they patched up, they basically got, got rid of this and dropped completely and patched it up. So it was like, not that. So it went from ice to this artificial ice to ice. Um, so that they had to fix this one, this one, cause it was literally impossible to, um, like for uh, us to have a race on this. And then the second feature later down that track was the one we ended up like nicknaming the widow maker because <laughs> it was just it was the biggest drop like anyone has ever taken especially on ice skates and like literally like like when you got to the bot by the time you got to if you made it to the bottom of the, of the of the drop if you didn't fall you could the g the the force and the the g's like you could feel in your um in in your legs like so much it was like People, you could just see like people's like knees, like the people were getting the we were saying yeah, everyone's getting the cheese knees at the bottom of this thing because they were just like because they just like wouldn't be able to handle it and just would just collapse. And so like guys, some got like um, there were some people that were sliding down on their butts. Some guys are sliding down um, just like on their bellies because they were so scared to take this drop. 
and um, they ended up had they ended up putting um, they ended up putting a, like an S turn right before it to slow all the guys down so that they so that during the race they didn't have to um, take it full speed because people were just getting destroyed. I mean, there was like there was medics standing by, people getting carried off in wheelchairs, and like I remember I uh, I, I saw I saw one of my buddies like face after he took it on. He was just white in the face, and this guy this like got pushed. I mean, pretty much pushed to his limit. He was like, I just like I'm done, dude. I'm done with that. I'm not racing anymore. He's like, like white in the face. And, um, and, but his team, his teammate ended up, uh, talking him back into racing. And I think he's glad he did, but like, yeah, just like, um, there's moments, moments like that where you just kind of realize that, uh, that, uh, yeah, this, this, you know, this sport is, uh, is a lot of fun. And, um, and part of the fun is that, uh, you know, of this element that, um, that you know it it's dangerous and it's fast and it's exhilarating and i think that's why it's also so addictive for everyone that does it so and did, everyone uh, that's watching <laughs> did you guys miss a season because of covid oh man so like this last season was like the weirdest thing ever um we did we didn't miss we didn't miss it but it just wasn't like a normal season um what they ended up doing was uh Usually, uh, they crown world champions is crowned by um, by a point uh, accumulate accumulation system throughout the whole season. But this this past season, we did they did it. They held um, just national races so that people didn't have to travel internationally. Then they took like the best guys from there and sent them to kind of like a Super Bowl style. Um, uh, event um, in in on April second um and uh of this past year in moscow russia where there's a permanent track but um but it was just weird it was like uh, none of the north american guys got to go because like they couldn't get into russia and you know i don't know it was just uh it, it was just kind of like a weird season where we st- i mean they still had a world champion and still have a world championship but they also froze all the world rankings from the season before and yeah I, I think they just did 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 something to keep you know keep everything going and keep everything moving and uh but um yeah it just it, it wasn't much of a season last year and last year last i ended up just not leaving bali and just stayed here and this is the first season that i didn't compete in, in in about seven seasons so so what do you do in Bali? Do you just do you just train? Do you work? Like, uh, you know, I'm, I've never been to Bali, so I don't necessarily know what the what the culture. I mean, I know what the culture's like. I'm just wondering, like, what's the what's the daily situation? I mean, is it is, I mean, like uh, the beach from you know Leonardo, Leonardo Cap- Caprio, yeah, the beach, yeah, like that. Well, that well, that was uh, Thailand, but oh. <laughs> uh, that's a great movie. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's cool here. I like it a lot over here in Bali. Um, yeah, the gym, I mean, my gym's right near me, and I'm right near the beach too. So, yeah, I, I you know I work out and I train every day, and um, also yeah, I'd, um, working um, working on building um, my company, Rooted Athlete. Um, we've got uh, C- uh, best CBD products in the world, and uh, yeah, I work uh, you know pretty much work remotely and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, Tex, did you get the did you get the product they sent you? Not yet. So still what? waiting. I know. For real? How long does it take to get from Bali? It, is it made in Bali? Or no, no, where do you source it from? It, no, it's made in, it's made in America. Um, but we've had some issues with uh, shipping for COVID. And uh, 
I mean, we ship, yeah, I had it shipped uh, about, about a month ago, so it should have oh, arrived shit. already. I'll check. I, I'll double yeah. check and I'll make sure you guys get some. Um, we got. Uh, we got. Textex got suppositories. The, the yeah, is it yeah the CBD <laughs> suppositories. Yeah, that's what the C stands for, right? <laughs> <laughs> suppository. I don't know how to it spell it. It begins with an S. <laughs> <laughs> Suppository, uh, but uh, I was gonna uh, say uh, drugs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the can. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, uh, dude, that was uh, in the NFL. It was like our standard deal where um, they'd be like, "Oh yeah, you know, hey, the doc gave me something." Where I was like, "Oh yeah, suppositories." <laughs> it just was like, like the stupid. Like, oh, it's uh, funny. Yeah, no, it's still funny. And even though it's been years and, and you've heard the joke, like anytime somebody says it, you just laugh about the doctor being like, well, bend over. I'm going to give you the suppository painkiller or suppository something. Yeah. Well, so uh, you're based man. in Jersey when you're stateside? Yeah, yeah. I was um, I was in Austin, Texas for about six years. And then my um, my sister just had her second baby. So I've been spending a lot more time up there with them. And um Cause I've been traveling like a lot, um, during the winters for the sport. And, uh, yeah, during the summers, I, I got, uh, I got uncle duty babysitting. Dude, <laughs> uncle duty's the best. As soon as it gets hard, take this. <sighs> you just need to sack up and have some kids. Yeah, <laughs> sack you, up. You, is that like a ball pun? No, like you should just, you know, like uh, um, the people are like, Oh, this uncle thing. It's like, uh, um, watching somebody else's dog. Just get your own dog. Yeah. I love watching other people's, people's dogs. dogs. You can just give them back. Um, well, yeah, we're, we're based west of Austin. What part of town were you living back when? Uh, just right near downtown off, off of uh, East Riverside. Right and, in the thick uh, of it. Yeah, right yeah. in the war zone. Well, now it's war uh, zone. Back then. No, yeah, now it's like uh, everywhere in Austin's nice. Like I was down in, I had to go down on 5th, like East Austin yesterday, and uh, they even have some gentrification going on down there good for the city yeah oh yeah oh, it's, it's grown so much yeah yeah i gotta i gotta stop by uh you guys' place next time i'm around town texas Dude. i see i see you guys you guys uh doing some uh, lacrosse over there yeah yeah i'm coaching in the the community a little bit but um yeah aim for middle school uh, i don't have to deal with the parents haven't got their claws into the the coaches you and make the it sound like programs. these parents are just like money grubbing angry you know victory wanting all it takes is one bad parent to ruin a coach's experience and then they take it into their the years down the road mm. so getting in with the age groups before the parents even know what the hell that sport is is it uh you think it's parents everywhere you think it's just here in texas the parents well, are real overbearing I mean, you were you grew up a hockey athlete, which is a unique culture in itself. You got to be. Dude, they have hockey parents. Have you ever heard like the hockey moms? That's like, what I want to. Yeah, yeah. That, so, that's like a stereotype. Did Did you have a hockey mom? Was she all about the sport, like trying to call the coach and say, "Why isn't Jack getting playing time?" I wouldn't say I had a hockey mom. She, uh, my mom, didn't really go to a lot of the uh, a lot of the games and stuff like that. She, she, th I think she thought it was like too rough. She was, she was always like. Um, talked about like how how like rough it was like after the games like and um, here but, you um, are <laughs> you're like well, hold on mom I got something more fucking insane other than hockey uh, yeah she was she's uh, yeah she thought this this was a pretty crazy sport too but I she's always been like really supportive of um, of me and just like whatever 
as long as I'm liking what I'm doing, um, she was always supportive of it. But um, I, I remember one of the photographers caught this picture of her and my um, sister, I think, watching me, like, compete one time. And, like, her, like, fingernails are in her mouth and, like, the worries on her face. <laughs> um, I, I wish I could dig that up. But, um, no, I didn't It didn't have a hockey mom. I, I, you know, I, ha- I had a hockey dad. He was, he was there. Um, he was um, – most mostly around for that but um i wouldn't say he was like the stereotypical hockey dad um that was um that some of my other teammates had um i remember some of them just had like these like crazy wild dads uh, like screaming their heads off at uh you know at the uh at, you know in the stands at the rink yelling at their refs sometimes trying to come on the ice getting in fights <laughs> getting in fights in the in the stands with other hockey dads and coaches <laughs> dude I, I like uh i've always been against it because um you know like obviously i haven't played but when my daughter played basketball this year as i was sitting on the sideline uh their coach comes over and he's like hey can you uh come over and sit on the bench with us and i was like yeah sure so i, I like kind of sat back and didn't really get involved and then he asked me to sit on the bench and like the girls are coming off and they're like what's going on and all of a sudden i'm like you guys are getting pushed around and then all of a sudden I Pep started, talk. oh yeah, I, I started getting, I was like, you guys need to like, you know, get your heads in. And like the, the coach is like, those are good pep talks. And then as they started getting more in, all of a sudden, like, uh, you know, the refs were blowing bad calls. So after I'm like, ref, I'm like, what's up? You're like, you're missing these big calls. Like what's going on? And all, and then I'm like in the back of my head, I'm like, holy shit, this is how it starts. Next thing <laughs> you know, you're going to be like, like fucking just getting in there. And I'm like, you just got to take a step back. I'm like, don't, and I even asked him like, thanks for letting me sit on the bench, but I'll just be better over in the stands. I don't need to get involved. Well, for that, John, I need you to look out. You see that Yeti cup? Mm-hmm. Look out for other parents that get these big ass Yetis and bring it to the games. And then they start to get louder and louder. And oh, cause I, they're, know. Cause they're, I know. Because they're boozing? I know they are. Uh, I am very, I'm, and I, I'm not anti-booze by any means. But I am definitely anti-booze drinking at kids' sporting events. On a Sunday afternoon. Uh, do you know why? Because, dude, like nothing good comes of it. Because, oh. like, I don't want to have a few drinks and be like, this fat asshole is about to get his ass beat. Like, there's no fucking way. <laughs> there's this whole South Park on this. It is awesome. Uh, like, uh, yeah, that's just a bad deal. And, and then the problem is, is and as you've run into, like when you play a sport, it's one thing. And then you have people that are over there fucking riding that have never played a fucking day in, in their lives. And you're looking at this dude and you're like, are you really sure you should be talking like this? Uh, That's where I get sideways on that shit. And then, and then next thing you know, they're, they're coaching their kids from the sidelines and like yelling over the bench and the coach is like, fuck off. I'm trying to coach. Uh, and- well, my, my daughter and I would go out and we would work on, uh, like I put up a basketball hoop and so we'd go out and play for like, uh, I told her like no more than 20 to 30 minutes we would play, but we try to do it like twice a day. So I, I'm, instead of like going out and like playing for like a few hours, I was like, all right, the, the minute that you lose interest, we'll go back inside, do something else. And then we'll come back like 20 minutes later. So like I'm big on like short bursts. And so like you get out there and you put all this time in and then she's out there just fucking throwing bricks up there. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> I'm like, we've worked on this or like the ball <laughs> handling drills and all these things. You just see her out there bricking. And like, I, I think she got nervous and it was her first year. Yeah. And I was like, you did great. But like inside you're like, fuck, we worked on this. I'm like, how come you can't carry this stuff over? And I'm like, oh God, I'm oh, such an shit. asshole parent. Well, yeah, but like, I like, like this is all the stuff going through my mind, but I'm like, I think you did amazing. You know? Like, oh yeah. Uh, well, you can't. Like my mom didn't know uh, much about football. She just was like, I think you look great in your uniform. That's what she'd always say. She's like, I think you look great in your uniform out there. 
Oh, we got to finish with that positive. Yeah. <laughs> Would, uh, do you, Jack, when you see new guys out there, the first-year guys, is there any, like, extra tension within them and then they eventually loosen up or those guys that are tense, they just fall out? Um, yeah, it's uh, – I think I think when you, when you talk to, like, any guys that um, have competed, like, everyone says the same thing. Like, they thought that this sport was going to be um, – a lot easier than it is and um i think you know i i had the same experience you know i i've been i've been on ice skates since i was two years old and i uh, played ice hockey my whole life and i consider myself a pretty good skater and then um and then you know i got out there and it was just like it was just way different than i thought it would be um and for the, i think the first thing i noticed is like the ice the ice is just like, like probably before that, like the shittiest ice I've ever skated on was like, just like on a pond, pond and pond hockey. And it just like tore it up your blades and stuff like that. But like, then you get on this thing and this is like that times 10. So it's, it's like, it's not, it's the ice isn't that smooth. It's really jagged. There's holes everywhere. And then you're expected to, you know, like the first time I'm on there is like, it's like, there's like, they're, they just like lined us up like sacrificial lambs going down this thing like okay go go so so give the give the people like an understanding on the construction like it looks like they just put up walls and they kind of like build the track and then they probably just flood it okay yeah so like they build this track out of scaffolding and they usually have like a really big drop which is like the one i thought to you about like the first drop she's like three or four stories down like this and then um it uh and then yeah, there's 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 hairpin turns and other jumps throughout the um, jumps and drops throughout the um, throughout the uh, the track. But the track is built out of um, scaffolding and um, and like and wood basically. And then um, as as soon as they they build that, they put this um, this cooling system down, and it's just pretty much like these like rubber this this kind of like rubber roll sheet roll that they. Uh, um, that has these coils in there that um, that is attached to the cooling system, and then they flood that down um, with water. They turn the cooling system on, and then that um, freezes the ice. Mm. So, um, and then they, yeah, they just have like a, a, a huge crew of guys that uh, build and maintain this. Um, shout out to those guys. Those guys are those guys are making ice like you know all through the night. Um, you know, yeah, but like it's not like there's straight. like a Zamboni that's like making it smooth and fast or anything. It's probably just like, well, we froze the ice, fucking go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, I mean, they um, they re-flood the ice after every, um, you know, before it, um, every night to to make it smooth again. But yeah, it's it's just not. It's just like it's just really bumpy, basically. And um, so yeah, like. Uh, like when you when you get out there, you're just uh, and then you you know you see these guys on TV and the way they film, the way they 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 do a really good job of filming the sport. And then usually the races that they're they're showing like on TV are like the um, the races uh, more towards like the end of, end end of the uh, the bracket. So it's like you know the top guys, um, so that they're all making it look easy. Then you get on the then you get on this uh, this uh, rink and. Um, and it's just like the thing's way bigger, way taller, way faster, way crazier than you thought. The ice is the ice is jagged, so whatever um, 
you know, whatever like nervousness that you had, like going into it is just like multiplied. And like, yeah, you see, and you, you, you see the, and the guys like shaking and stuff like that. And um, I think like a, a, another big thing, like people are really surprised when they come on is, uh, is how fast it is right out, right out of the gate. Like it's, it's like, uh, like as soon as that, like that, um, as, soon, as soon as that buzzer goes and those gates open, it's like people are out of that thing full speed. Have and, they ever um, put a, like a like, like guys, a radar on you guys? Like uh, like how fast are you guys moving? Like they ever shoot shoot you with a radar gun and give an idea of speed? Yeah, they clock us at 80, 80 kilometers an hour, which is about fifty miles per hour um, top speed. Um, so, I mean, obviously, when you're going around a hundred eighty degree degree turn, you're going to slow down. But yeah, that's top speed, and. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, I think the guys that I think the guys that succeed um, the most in the sport are guys that just like stick with it and stick with the sport because you can train this stuff like all you want in the off season, like I described. But like um, nothing beats the actual, um, you know, race experience. So when you leave Bali and you go back to New Jersey, you ever come back to Bali? Or are you done with Bali? No, no. I think this is. I think this is going to be. I think I'm going to be back. I don't know. I don't know when I'm going to, I haven't seen my family in a while. I really miss my family. So I'm going to reconnect with them. And, um, I think I'll probably come back here after this, this next season for a bit. I think this will definitely be a stop, like right after my season ends to just kind of reconnect and chill out for a bit. I really like it over here and I've got, um, uh, really good training facilities and and over here so i don't know i'm just gonna go, kind of go with the flow I don't, I don't like to make too many plans um you know and uh and uh yeah just you know whatever happens happens cool as the schedule uh you mentioned earlier schedule is pretty on the fly is there any like upcoming event that is set that we can have our listeners tune into no i, w- I wish i <laughs> i wish i knew um probably won't be probably those dates probably won't be released until the fall but i'll keep you guys keep you guys uh updated cool man there are questions no man i'm uh i'm stoked to watch it i'm believe yeah. uh, I, <laughs> I mean it's it, it's always cool to think that there's i mean uh uh, like it was, it, it wasn't even on my radar until you started sending me all this stuff, and I was watching the clips and being like, "Oh my god!" So it's pretty cool to see, uh, you know, something like ice hockey, and then bringing over and doing this transition into something that's pretty fucking extreme. And uh, you know, definitely, I don't, I, I doubt they have tracks in Austin, Texas, but I'm wondering what the closest one, and I'd love to see it in person. Mm-hmm. Is there uh, like where in the United States are they? Are they mainly up like North Minnesota, New York, kind of that part of Wisconsin? Yeah, I'm, they're usually historically have been in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. That's kind of been you know the uh, they got really great fans up there, and historically that's kind of been the hub where a lot of the athletes have come out of. Um, yeah, we've also had races in um, you know niagara falls and uh and uh i forget if that was on the u.s or canada side but um massachusetts also uh i think they're just trying to um at this point just find like more places to grow the sport so um i don't know i I mean anything's possible like i've I've seen we we saw this track in marseille france and in, in in marseille france there's literally palm trees um so 
I think that um, they're getting better and better at um, being able to host these things in, in warmer climates. And even in Yokohama, Japan, it was pretty warm when we had one. So I don't know. Who knows? Maybe maybe Austin 2022. Sweet. Well, winter time if, uh, for sure. If people want to get more information or they want to follow it, it snowed like, there, right? It did. It, yeah, it was pe- people about lost their minds crashing. It was nuts. But uh, if people want to get a hold of you or they're in- interested and they want like more information, uh, Instagram's the best way. And uh, what's your handle? And and just give us some uh, a few ways that people can connect via social. Yeah, for sure. Um, at Jack Schram. That's J A C K S C H R A M on Instagram. Also, I mentioned before, me and the guys are collaborating on a um, an Ice Cross um, page. So at Ice Cross TV, if you guys want to see all the behind the scenes and uh, footage that you're not going to see other places. Sweet. Well, dude, thanks for taking the time. I know it's late there, and uh, but yeah, thanks for staying up late and jumping on Power Athlete Radio. Hell so, yeah, man! We look forward hey. to connecting in person, man, as as well at some point. Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Anytime. All right. Well, thank you, Power Athlete Radio, for tuning in to another episode of the Premier Podcast on Strength Conditioning. Bye. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. You can find Jack Schramm on Instagram at his namesake, Jack Schramm, or look for his Red Bull highlights, or you can check out his CBD products at Rooted Athlete. Until next time, bye.